today's daf is daf vav, I believe, is that correct? And we start with the Mishnah on hey, I'm with Bet. So we're behind, so let's get moving. And the Mishnah says as following. So we had this phrase before, does it mean for someone or someone for you? But anyway, you gave a shekel to your friend and your friend should give it for your sake. Um, um, here's a shekel. Go ahead. You're going to the uh, where you know to the uh, local square in the village where they're uh, collecting shekels. Give my shekel for me. And you forgot. Presumably, it was an innocent mistake. And uh, you uh, put the shekel in the box for yourself. You had in mind that this will be my shekel, not your friend's shekel. Now, this gets to the issue which we addressed yesterday, which is once the shekel is set aside, um, it is kodesh, hektesh. The Gemara had a whole question of how do you take a shvu on it? You don't take a shvu on hektesh. So presumably, when your friend, we'll call him, when, when Ruvain gave to Shimon the uh, shekel, um, Ruvain had already sanctified it, and he gave it to Shimon, and when Shimon gave it for his sake, Shimon was taking a hektesh coin and trying to use it essentially for Shimon to get out of his obligation, his financial obligation. Again, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, um, um, knowledge, it wasn't with knowledge, it wasn't, it wasn't intentional, it wasn't malicious, right? But nevertheless, it was an honest mistake, and he tried to take this hectic coin that was Ruvain's shekel and use it for himself. So, here's the halacha, now we get the discussion of Mi'ila. Once the truma is taken, remember, this was when the temple, when the base of Mikdash takes from the monies and takes a, an offering, as it were, a removal of, of funds from the monies and begins to use them, then that's con- then the money has already been, on. before we learned, it's like the money has already been received by the Beit HaMikdash. Um, and here the relevant issue is, it's like it's been used. And once something has been used, then you get to a Mi'ila problem. So the act of Mi'ila was not done. No benefit was accrued at the moment that the shekel was given. Um, even given miscorrectly, but there's some sense of it being used and therefore benefit accrued once the basin takes the truma from the received shekels. We'll see why in the Gemara. Now, Now let's say you accidentally, not from your friend's shekel, your own money that you had lying around the house that was hektesh money, money that you had sanctified to the base of Mikdosh, money that was Meister Shani money, um, and you went that and you accidentally used that to pay your shekel with that money. So, will you do mi'ila? Again, on your own hektesh funds that you've misused. So here, interestingly, the end of the Mishnah doesn't focus on the truma aspect of it, when the funds were sort of, uh, you know, um, um, transferred, but it focuses on when the funds were actually used lemaisa in practice. The korban was brought and o- bought and authored. So, let's read that again. You gave your shekel from hektesh funds. The truma was taken then of the shekels given into the base of Mikdash. And the money was not only, not only were funds removed from the general collection box, but the funds were then applied and an animal was bought and the animal was offered from those funds. Then ma'al. That's when mi'ila takes effect. Now, that's if it's hectic funds, funds that were sanctified. What if it's me Meister Shani Midme Shvias? Let's say you realize after you paid your hectic that you did it from Meister Shani money or from Shmita money. In that scenario, if you realize or soon enough there's a way to get out of it, Yochal Kinegdan. You can eat uh, corresponding to them. Meaning what we'll see in the Gemara is you can transfer the Kedusha. You could say, I know I accidentally gave a shekel from Meister Shani money. Wherever that Meister Shani money is, that Kedusha should be transferred to this. Uh, you know, to this coin or to this food, and then you are able to eat the corresponding food. Of course, the point is that what's not clear is that this, you should have the same option by hectish. If you act, uh, if you realize before it's too late that you gave a hectish coin, why don't you say wherever the hectish money is, I transfer the kedusha from that money to this money? How about so, an animal itself? Uh, no, it's a corp. Well, you, you mean after the animal's been bought? Correct. Yes. No. Yeah. That is okay. Then it's then it's uh, too late. Then the funds have been used. But when you're transferring the Meister Shani Kedusha is before the animal's been bought. So at that scenario, you you didn't give an animal, right? You gave money. Right. 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 But let's right. say I uh, an animal. Oh no. Okay. Then you can only redeem it if it gets a moon. But in this case, it's all about money because you no. give money as your shekel. Because it's one level removed from the actual korban itself. Yes. 
Correct. Until it actually becomes only something, that if it's Kedusha Sagufa, if the thing is intrinsic Kedusha and is going to be used as a korban, it can only be redeemed with a moon. But anything that's basically value, you know, objects that are going to be transferred for then the use of something else, that value can then be transferred and it can be redeemed. Value, yeah. And it can be redeemed. So why it only says it by Maeser Shani and not by the second case of Hekdesh is not clear. But the other thing that's not clear is the question about at what stage is the Me'ila occur when the funds have been is this truma taken from the funds or when the funds of an animal has already been brought? So let's take a look at the Gemara. Just one second. Hashokel. So the Gemara says, Anan Tanina, and we teach in our Mishnah, in Karva HaBehema, that, um, that if the Behema has been brought, the Tani Debe Rebbe, but now the Rebbe they teach, in Nitra Truma, if the Truma has been taken. Now, this basically seems to say, I mean, as you can see, once again, there's all these questions with the Girsa, but it seems to actually say, remember, I actually told you also that, um, that we, what do you call it, that there's a whole question, what is the Mishnah that the Yerushalmi had? So, the Girsa as we have it, some reverse the Girsa, but the Girsa as we have it say, our Mishnah says the moment of Me'ilah is when the Behemoth is bought. But Rebbe's Mishnah, or when the behemoth is offered, says it's when the truma is taken. That actually would would be good because if you that was the Yerushalmi's girsa, then the, the first part of the Mishnah and the second part of the Mishnah would be consistent. Whether it's you using your friend's shekel, whether it's you using your own hektish funds, the moment of meila takes place when the behemoth is bought. Then it just says brought. I'm sorry, you're right, brought. Brought. The only thing it's saying is there's another Mishnah from Rebbe's school that says, interesting, Rebbe is not the author of this Mishnah. I thought Rebbe was the author. <laughs> anyway, there's another Mishnah from Rebbe's school that says it's when the truth is taken. So anyway, that makes it clear, if you read it that way, that there are these two separate traditions. Is the Me'ila when the animal is brought? Is the Me'ila when the truth is taken? Our Mishnah, as we have it in front of us, which is not, we don't know what the Yerushalmi's Mishnah was. This was just the publisher put this Mishnah in. That has, as it were, a, a uh, you know, section from each of those traditions. The first case of your own Shekel, uh, of your friend's Shekel, speaks about when the truma was taken as the critical point, and the case about your, what do you call it, your own Hektesh talks about when the Behemoth was brought. And the Yushami never tries to reconcile the first part of the Mishnah and the second part. Doesn't see the contradiction, which again reinforces the idea that the Yushami had it all consistent. And the Yushami's Mishnah was all defined on when the Behemoth was brought, but they recognize another tradition from the Mishnayis of Rebbe or something, that it was when the truma was taken, which is the critical point for when Mi'ila takes place. So let's see what the answer is. No, I'm not aware of that. But I am aware that there's a lot of scholarship around what was the Mishnah that the Yushami had. By the way, we've never said it yet, but the, it needs to be said that the Yerushalmi was not written in Yerushalayim. Um, Yerushalmi is a complete misnomer. It's either called Talmud of Marava, you know, of Eretz Yisrael, or Talmud of Eretz Yisrael. Um, I mean, we call it Yerushalmi, but let's just make it clear, it's not written in Yerushalayim. Um, okay. Somewhere in Israel. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Montan, so the word says like this. So, so how do you deal with this? Is, it, is the critical point when the korban is brought or is the critical point when the truma is taken? So the Gemara says, Mantana in truma. Who is the author that says the critical point is when the truma was taken? Rabbi Shimon, he It's Rebbe Shimon. The Amar Rebbe Shimon, Rebbe Shimon would say, Yarayim kabel ma'osav, v'akonim zvizimheim. So the question would be, we have the funds of the shekel. When did we actually pay the people who sold the animals for their animals? So there's a debate. So the Chachadim say, we wait till we are mockery of the animal and then we pay them. Because we're afraid that we'll pay them first and then maybe some problem will happen with the animal and, um, you know, so we'll have paid them before and then we won't have used wound up, wound up using, it's not their fault, but whatever. Hektish is able to arrange things for its own interests. So we'd rather wait to pay them till the animal is actually brought. And Rip Shimon says, no, we pay them immediately as we buy the animal and, and, then we, um, and then we're not afraid that something wrong will happen to the animals because Carney more careful. Oh, I'm sorry, if I sell you a perfectly good animal, and then in your, under your carelessness, it gets when, and, I wouldn't get paid. Is that no, the way it works? Alright, let's see. We'll, we'll see when we get to it in the Gemara. I don't want to get into that right now. Right now, the, the only question that's in front of us is not, is not what's the nature of that debate of Rebbe Shem the Chamin, but the practical question of when would, be, when would the seller be paid. So what the Gemara is assuming is the following, is that if you pay the seller right away, that if, if you wait to pay the seller till the animal is sold and Michael's question is brought and Michael's question is a good one what entitles you to wait and so on we'll worry about that later but if you wait till that point then the money isn't you 
used until the animal is bought. And that's the author of our Mishnah that says, you haven't done Me'ila until the, an- until the money was used, meaning, and when is the money used? When the animal is actually brought as a korban. Then you will pay the person who sold you the animal. The base of Mikdash will pay that person who is providing the animals, the wholesaler, okay, the, the supplier. Um, whereas, according to Rebbe Shimon, that the supplier is paid upon delivery and not paid upon when the animals are actually brought as a korban, then the money gets used earlier. Now, I must say, it still don't fully understand it, because the moment of Nitra Mahatruma is not necessarily when you're actually buying the animals. Right? First, you remove the truma from all the plates, from all the big box it's been collected in. Now, you don't buy, if you only did that three times a year, we're going to learn in a Mishnah, you don't buy a hundred animals at once. I mean, the Gemara says that's basically, basically they said like four or five animals at one time. So I don't exactly understand why the moment of Nitra Mahatruma is assumed to be the moment that you're paying the supplier. But that's what the Gemara here assumes, that if everybody agrees that the Meila takes place when the monies are used, and the question is, are the monies used right after the truma is taken, or are the monies only used and given to the supplier once the animal is brought? I also want to point out that it is interesting. Yesterday we learned that from my sort of financial responsibility of have I delivered the monies to the base of Mikdash, and have they left my control and gone into the control of the base of Mikdash, the key moment was Nitra Mahatruma. That was agreed upon. Certainly, we, everybody would agree, once I put the money in the box, I've sort of given my shekel. But for the issue of Me'ila, it's not enough to give it, it actually has to be used, and that's what, the, and here the question is, when is it used, when is it given over to the supplier? Now, there was a question, Charlie. I, I just looked ahead, I think the next line addresses it. Okay, fine. <laughs> All right, so let's keep on, let's look at the next line of the Gemara. Um, okay. Um, okay. Oh, now I got a problem. I went ahead and I stole Charlie's Ola. And I brought it to the base of Mikdash. And they shechted it, or I shechted it, without thinking it's, 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 it's those korban. They just shechted it. So, whose korban would it be? It would be Charlie's korban. Okay? So obviously it would work for Charlie. So the Gemara says, I don't get it. You went ahead. You put your money in the box. It was not say, there was no explicit designation. This is my funds. Like, you just put your money in the box. When the money is used, it's, at the end of the day, it was Charlie's money that was being used. So what should be the whole issue of Me'ila? Mm-hmm. Just by the way that the, the money is, it doesn't matter what I, that I thought, oh, this is going to be my shekel. In the end, Charlie's shekel found its way into that. Why, why is there any misuse of the money? So the Gemara says, let's take a look. So the Gemara says, Amar reviewed in Tipatia we're talking about a case where the money is de- well-defined. Like, you know, again, we had that case before about, remember, funds that were given that were, like, fungible and something that was given that was very concrete and identifiable. So somehow this was a shekel, I don't know, that Charlie had written on it, Charlie's court. Actually, no, not that way. Then we know it's Charlie's. I had scribed on it, Dove's shekel, or something like that, Scra- you know, sort of scraped into it, and then I gave it. So then when that shekel is being used, or half shekel, in, in, by the fact that it's well defined somehow it's implicitly being used for me and therefore it's being misused because it belongs to Charlie again the colony pays attention and yeah. people know when they see it I mean you could imagine a case that a coin looks weird it's like you know an Indian head penny or something like that you know that there's something distinctive about the coin but it's distinctive that it makes it defined that it's for me and not for Charlie who originally gave it it's hard to imagine what exactly the case is now I want to read though the next line there, again there's a whole question whether the next line belongs here or belongs later let's read the next line the next line says like this um, so Michel based Rebbe Gamliel Shaya Mitkaven so the Gemara says like this the kupa is not the box. The box that it was the money originally was put into was the was the shofar. Again, it was like this, uh, you know, pyramid-shaped thing. So you have a small slot, and then it collects the money, and you can't stick your hand in and get it. When they removed the money from the shofar, the act of truma, it was removed into a basket. You know, you know what the act of truma is comparable to? It's like when the people go around now and they collect the money from the vending machines, right? I think that's like a good way of thinking about it, right? You let all the money collect, and then every so often you pay a visit and you empty it all out and you collect all the money. That's, that's called the truma that they did from the shofar road. So that truma, they would empty it into these big baskets. Okay? Um, so, it says what, what, what Beit Rebbe Gamliel used to do is they didn't put it in the shofar and wait for the shofar to go to the basket. They wanted their money somehow to be used like right away or something. And they put it, st- when they, they waited, I don't know, till the time of collection and they put it straight into the basket, not into the shofar. 
so what difference does that make? So it sounds like what the Gemara is saying is, and therefore, there may, if you did that, I took Charlie's coin and I was going to give it for me, and when they were taking it out of the chauffeur, I put the coin in and I said, here, this is my shekel. So at that moment, that might be what makes it misuyam. It's not anonymous. It's not like I put it in the chauffeur, I walk away, two months later, they take it out of the chauffeur. I put it straight in the basket and I call it my own, so then somehow, when they later wind up using that shekel, they're using it as my coin and not Charlie's coin, and that's the misuse of the coin. That seems to be the, the answer of the Gemara, although some say that this line doesn't belong here. You do the same thing with the shofar, right? Um, yeah, but I think the point is that then it becomes anonymous. You walk in the base of Mikdash anonymously, you put your money in the shofar, you we leave. Um, you could, but it sounds like it wouldn't have the same effect. It wouldn't because make it misuyam. Because of the time break and the people using the money were not around. You know, a month right. later they come, they take, how do they know what you said at that right. time? Right. But if you basically, as they're collecting the money, you put it in their hands and right. say, here, here's mine. Here's mine. I want you to use that when you buy a Corvan. Somehow that makes it like, oh, then they're using it for mine and I'm misusing Charlie's. It's not automatically just because it's anonymous being used as Charlie's. Is there? What? Yes, well, that's the question, though. What is the Geneva at this stage? If I just, if there was no designation, then I effectively, Charlie gave me his half shekel. I put it in the base of Mikdash. They wound up using it. The fact that in my head I was thinking it was mine, what's exactly the act of Geneva? So that's sort of what the Gemara is trying to get to. Okay, I'm not going to get into all of the Sechas Me'ilah, but it says the first thing we have to decide is how was it anyway misused? It was misused because I labeled it and that made it considered used for me. Okay, so now the Gemara says, This is why people took out the line before, because this question is in a way already answered. The Gemara says, Why, when the money is used to buy the korban or the trum is taken, um, do I do me'ila? Let's say I put it in the shofar and they did the truma, but maybe when they did the truma they didn't totally empty out the shofar. They just, they just emptied out like, you know, a certain amount of it. So maybe they, my, the coin I put in was left behind, was the shirayim. And therefore, even when the truma was taken, even when the animal was bought, how do you know that's the key moment? My coin might have been left behind. Of course, now if we say that I put it straight into their hands, that's already our answer. Okay, which is why some say that that line before actually didn't belong before. So let's take a look. Would you do me evil if the stuff was left behind? Elok Rebbe Meir. So, one answer is it's going like Rebbe Meir. The Rebbe Meir, Omer, Molim B'Shirayim, yes, there would be Me'ilah even if it wasn't used yet, even if it was left behind, which is a strange idea. What's the Me'ilah exactly? Anyway, we'll see Rebbe Meir later. So, it's, I, I don't want, it, it's hard to, you know, I'm not going to un- try to try to ex- explicate that more now, but somehow Rebbe Meir says, yes, when the truma is taken, that uh, the act of taking the truma applies even to the Shirayim. It's like the Shirayim were used as well. Yes, you do Me'ilah. A little hard to understand. Oh, he be misuyam. Or another answer is like we said before that you designated the coin and and you would do it for your name. Now again, you know it's funny because here when it says lishmo, that should have been the line we said earlier when the question was what makes it my shekel and not Charlie's. Here, where the question is, why isn't how, maybe it's what was left behind? We should have had the way it said it before when it said docho l'tocha kupa. By saying I put it into the kupa, the kupa is what they're about to use. It's not the shirayim. So the same answer of using the Rebbe Gamliel scenario, but the, the questions and answers was reversed. How what makes it my coin, not Charlie's? When I I say this is my coin and I put it right into their hands, what makes it not shirayim? Because I put it right into the kupa and I make sure it doesn't get left behind. So that's the way the Gemara is explaining the scenario. Now, the Gemara still has another question. Good. We've just figured out how it's not automatically anyway just Charlie's Shekel. Fine, it was my Shekel. But what benefit did I get from it? Now, Michael says, didn't I steal it? You can do me ill by stealing, not just by giving benefit. But I never put it in my pocket. In the end, I delivered it to the base of Mikdash. I just called it mine. So what type of... If, what, if that's, that's not an act of stealing, what's the practical benefit that I received, you know, that basically is going to be Mi'ila? So the Gemara says, Ma You didn't have to pay your own. Well, right. So what an did you get? Amr Abiyavim became Rabbanan de Taman. So Rabbanan says in the name of the rabbis over there, presumably in Bavel, 
Mikiman Shabasin Ruyan Lamaskain Velo Mashkano Kamochanana. Because if you didn't pay, Basin would seize your property. If you just get the Schar Mitzvah, Schar Mitzvah isn't the Hana. Anyway, question how much Schar Mitzvah you would get if you stole somebody else's checkout. But if the practical benefit is, Basin isn't come knocking at your door and collecting. Now, by the way, I was wondering about that. If that's true, do you need the whole answer before? Because even if in practice I didn't designate it, and, and they went ahead and, like, up, as far as God is concerned, it was Charlie's shekel that was being used. But as far as Basin is concerned, they, it was my shekel that was being used. So even if it was not Misuyam, don't I still get the practical benefit that they're not going to come collecting from me? Right? You understand? The question before was, oh, isn't it automatically used for Charlie? Fine, but as far as everybody down here is concerned, I'm off the hook for paying my half shekel. So I don't know why and that. Then come and then they're going to come to Charlie's. I don't know why that couldn't have answered the earlier question. The question is, like, what is actually the act of the Ganevah? Well, if I walk into your house and I say, "This is my house now." Yeah. Is it like that? Well, but yeah, but the, you can't do that. Right, well, that's true. Like a car came in. Right, so it's not Geneva, but in terms of the Hano that I get, the Hano I get is that Basin stops bothering me because they saw me pay the half shekel. Charlie puts in Charlie doesn't care somebody Yeah, but he cares that Basin doesn't come and ask for him a second time. I understand. But if you made a thousand dollar, if you made a thousand dollar, what do you call it, contribution, contribution or no, um, um, do, not what do you call it before you actually make it, right? Uh, pledge, thank you. Um, and then, and then you th- you know you've given it, but the show thinks you haven't given it, and they call the sheriff to come because I'm take a thousand dollars out of your house. So then you're going to care, right? So it's not just about the mitzvah, it's about whether they're going to come it's knocking at your door. Question. Yeah. How would they know who gave and who didn't? Like, are they, like, are they, like, that is a very good question. Who kept the rolls? Yeah. Who, kept, who kept track? It sounded before that each village would collect and send its shekel. So presumably it would be handled at the local village level. Okay, and maybe the Basimikish would coordinate with the village and find out or whatever. But then also people who didn't give would come and give individually. I have no idea. It would have been a lot easier if it was on computer unless it was like the health plan right now. So anyway, <laughs> all right, let's hang on. Nicer Shaney. Okay, so now Meister Shaney, you could just transfer it to the, um, to the, to the food you have if you realize you gave Meister Shaney. Um, so Dixiv Achbachor Shivakir Bivehima Lo Yakdishi Shoto Koshu Kodesh. So don't sanctify a bachor. Anything that's already sanctified ain't kedusha chalalav. You can't put another sanctity on it. So you can't go ahead and sanctify the meiser sheni money for um, you know for machdis hashekel. I don't know why they might have say that. For, besides that, you can't sanctify it. You know, if you don't, if it's, you can't be used for the machdis. Well, I mean, it's going to be used for korban. The mach, I mean, the, the meiser sheni money has to be used to eat in Yerushalayim. I mean, if it's a shlom, it's one thing, but it's an olaf anyway. Koshu kadosh ain't kedusha chalalav. Anything that's already sanctified and Another sanctity cannot take effect on it. So, what do you do if you realize you gave the Meister Shani money? Maybe sell a Shechulin Vaomer. You bring a, a, a coin of Chulin and you say, um, it's, it's, uh, it's a seller. Actually, a seller is, two, is, is, is a full shekel. Anyway, most Meister Shani, wherever my Meister Shani money is, let, let the value be transferred to this coin. Those who sell a nitfis with Shane Meister Shani, that has, that's grabbed, that has the Kedusha Meister Shani. Vashar and Asushkalim, what's left behind, becomes, you get, get to be your shekel, and then you use this money. So you can do that for Meister Shani, you can do it for Shemitah. I don't know why the mission assumes you can't use it for, for hectish funds. Presumably hectish funds as well, you can transfer hectish funds. So I don't really know the answer. Let's look now, Vava Maralaf, at the next mission. Okay. Hamachis Mos Omer, Hareyulishkali. So basically, you're saving up penny by penny over the year, and you're putting it into a pushka, and you're saying that this is going to be for my, for my shekel, technically my half shekel, when it comes time. And then when it came time to pay the half shekel, you counted up your pennies and you realized you had a whole shekel, all right, or you had two-thirds of a shekel. What do you do with the extra pennies? So Beit Shammai says, look, when you were putting him in the pushka, you were saying, this is for my shekel? Well, only because he didn't so, think you had one. Okay, so this is a classic debate of Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel, whether hektish betos is hektish or not. So that's essentially what you were doing, right? When you say it's for my shekel, you're, you're maktish it. And then it's hektish betos. Once you start getting to more than the half shekel, you're just not aware. So Beit Shammai says, tough luck, it's still hektish. And therefore, it's a nedava. Nedava means it's money used by the Beit HaMikdash to bring olas when the when the when the uh, when the uh, mizbeach when the altar is uh, not active. Okay, <laughs> so you use it for basic the funds, not for the korbanot tzibur like the tamid and the musaf, but you still use it for the type of regular basic mikdash korbanot. 
So a similar function as the shekel. Okay, till I mean, they till says Moser and Chulin. No, it was a toast. So any leftover money is Chulin. Now I want to make it clear, it's not exactly the pennies that you paid after the half shekel, right? We don't, I can't identify which are the ones that you paid after, you know, once you already had a half shekel. It's all mixed together. But nevertheless, you take a half shekel's worth and the assumption is you only wanted to sanctify of all the money you were putting in a half shekel's worth and anything that's not more than that you didn't want to sanctify of course it's a pipe of a brera because you know three, six months later when you take the half shekel retroactively it identifies which were the ones you sanctified and which were the ones you didn't which is a whole other issue but fundamentally anything over a half shekel you did not want to sanctify now let's say you didn't say these are for my shekel you said from this money I'll draw on this money I'll use some, from this money to bring my shekel so you're not saying all of it you're saying from it so, so therefore anything left over schooling because you didn't say you were sanctifying all of it you just said you would sanctify from it you would take your shekel um, okay uh, now let's say you were putting aside money and you said I'm going to use this for more for my korban chatas everybody also agrees they agree there they do agree that it's not chulin why? we're going to see in a minute because there's not no fixed price to a chatas right. so if you're putting aside money and say this is my chatas and at the end of the day you had set aside $100 but you were able to find a nice animal for 90 so it wasn't clear at the outset that only you were only going to use $90 so the whole 100 was sanctified you don't know what the price was going to be and in that case what do you do with the remaining $10 that was sanctified for chatas so the lacha is moser chatas linedava. Money left over for a chatas gets used for nidava, which again means this uh, ola sacrifice brought in the base of mikdash when the but when from communal funds or from leftover chatas funds or similar types of things when the when the bizeach is not easy. No, why? Because it was for this particular chatas, so you can't switch from like this chova to another chova. No, 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 meaning like if you can buy chatas for ninety dollars and buy an even nature animal for hundred dollars. Nobody right? said uh, well, okay, you you didn't. Nobody's selling those. All right. Sha'avi mehan chatasi, and they also agree that if you say from these, that's an obvious case, shavin shamoser chulin, the leftovers chulin. So the interesting machlokes is by the shekel, but everybody agrees by the chatas because it doesn't have a fixed price, that if you said this is chatas, it's all sanctified. Now, our Rabbi Shimon, so Rabbi Shimon explains this different. Ma'ben shkalim l'chatas, why is it that there's a debate by the shekel, but there's not a debate by the chatas? Shekel has a fixed limit, so anything extra, Beit Hillel could say, is a taos. Lechatas doesn't have a fixed amount, so there's nothing that's a taos, so it all gets sanctified. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda doesn't necessarily buy this answer. There's no necessarily absolute fixed amount for a shekel. Why? When they came back from the exile, in the time of the Bayashani, Hayushoklim Darkonot, they would give Darkonot. We had those coins before. Apparently those coins are a shekel and a half, three half shekels. And the assumption is, we'll see why the Gemara learns it from the Pasuk, how it learns that. It's not so clear from the Pasuk. But the assumption is, you know, they had to rebuild the whole base of Mikdash. They needed to do, collect more funds. So actually they said, this year the half shekel will be a shekel and a half. Okay, and they were collecting it not just for the Korbanot, which is the normal use of the half shekel, but basically for building the base of Mikdash. Then the, you know, once they started getting the building built, they didn't need as many funds, so they went back to collecting a cellar, which is a full shekel, not a half shekel. And then it finally went back to the half shekel. Lishko tivim, a tiva is a half shekel. Okay? Now, Bikshu Lishko dinarim, they wanted to go even lower to a dinar. A dinar is a quarter of a shekel. Two dinare is a half shekel. Okay, that was the point I mentioned to you before, that the, that the Roman tax on the Jews, Phytus Judaicus, was two dinare, which is a half shekel. Okay, so that's quite interesting. That was the Roman tax on the Jews from the time of the, uh, of the revolt. Anyway, so they wanted to give a quarter of a shekel, a low kiblu man, that they would allow. You could go higher than a half shekel, but you can't go lower. So Reb Yehuda said, look, there's not a fixed amount. You know, who says a half shekel is fixed? There are times they gave a full shekel, all kinds they gave a shekel and a half. So I'm Reb Shimon, so Reb Shimon said back to him, Look, there are times that they change the amount, but whatever the amount is, everybody is giving the same amount. Okay? So, so, so it could be at different times in history, different amounts are given, but in any particular time, there is a fixed amount, and you can't give more than your friend is giving for the shekel. Avachatas, parichatas, there's a variation from one person to the next, not just from one time to the next. 
then maybe the seller, then maybe the shayim, then maybe the shalom. So at any given time, everybody knows what there is a fixed amount to the shekel that's being given, and therefore the extra can be seen as a toast. Whereby a chatos, there's never a fixed amount between you and your friend. Everybody could give different, and therefore there's no concept well, of toast. It shouldn't be a motor, then just bring them one for, for three. If you can find that, nobody in your village is selling animals. You collect, you put aside $150, the nicest animal in your village is gone for $100. What are you supposed to do? Okay, let's take a look at the Gemara. Hamach, yes. The amount that has to be paid is a fee. Yes, the coal bone. Oh, that's that's a good question. Can you draw the funds you put aside for the coal bone? That's a good question. That's a good question. Presumably not. The only possibility would be according to Rebbe Mayer that said that the coal bone is there to round out the Shekel. And he would say that the coal bone went towards uh, Nidava funds, um, but um, that's not exactly the same as Shekel funds. So, oh no, Rebbe Meir Rebbe Meir said it went exactly to the purpose of the shekel fund. So according to Rebbe Meir, you could draw on this for the shekel because he said that they were there to round out the shekel. When you had to put aside, you bring aside both, including the fee. For Rebbe Mayer, yes. But for anybody other than Rebbe Mayer, the coal bone was used for a different purpose and it had to come from different funds. It could not come from, from shekel funds, yes. Uh, interesting, this mission has different uh, countries worth... Uh, uh, you mean a dark cone and a dino are from... Yeah. Yeah, well, they're also trying... Uh, uh, yeah, right. They're also, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Right, 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 right. Okay, so, um, let's take a look. Hamachanes, etc. What's the scenario that, like, what's the scenario we're talking about? We're debating. When you're collecting pennies, you stick your hand into your coin jar and you grab out a fistful of coins. You're not doing penny by penny. And you say, all of this will be for my shekel. And it happens to be you drew out not a half shekel, but let's say a whole shekel. In that case, that it wasn't penny by penny. You grabbed a fistful of coins and you said, all oh, this is a shekel. Everybody would agree that that's not a toast. You, you meant everything in your hand. If you would have bothered to count, you would have realized that there was more than a half shekel in your hand. So there's no real error there. And therefore, you sanctified everything. Even Beit Hillel would agree. Rabbi Chiyav, Rabbi Baiba, B'Shem, Rabbi Lezer, they say the opposite. No. Ma'apalagina, Paligin, Bimachnis Prut wrote. We're talking about, you know, in the case, again, where it's pennies, that's when there's the debate of Beit you take a fistful of money and you say, this is for my shekel, the opposite of what you said. In that case, everybody would agree that you really, that you, that you did not, that you meant only from what here is going to be usable for my shekel and that not the excess. It's not exactly clear why Beit Shammai would exactly agree there since Beit Shammai anyone, anyone, generally says ain't hektish toes, you know, at, that hektish that, 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 uh, patos is hektish, but one of them on says, again, the same point, it's not a toes, right? You actually, if you would bother to check you know, you know that there was extra. So one says, oh, so since it's, you know, so since clearly there's extra here, you meant to sanctify it. And the opposite argument, no, clearly there's extra, clearly you didn't mean to sanctify it. When you said, this is for my shekel, you mean a shekel's take worth. Out, a a shekel's worth is for my shekel. Okay, but either way, they say that it's, when you grab a fistful, it's different. The question is, which way it goes? Um, okay, our Mishnah supports Ravibi, who says that when you grab all the money, the rest is chulet. How does it support it? So he makes this distinction why Shkalim is different than the Chatas. The Chatas, it always gets sanctified, not by the extra of the Shkalim. Now, what's the case? What's the case of uh, that he says that the Shkalim has a different halacha than the Chatas? It's the case that you said, I'll, use, I'll draw on these funds for my Shekel. Well, it's the exact same shekel and achatas. Modi shamosin chulin. Everybody agrees that what's left over is chulin. Whether you're dealing with a shekel, whether I'm sorry, that's kulam. Excuse me. Beitel makes Shammai agree that what's left over is chulin. And similarly, in parallel, in ba'omer shavi man chatasi. If you said that by chatas, kolama modi shamosin chulin. Everybody would also agree. So when he is distinguishing between chatas and shekel, it's not when you say I will draw on these funds, because then obviously everybody agrees what's left over is chulin. Elakanan and Kaimin, what are we talking about? But Omer Eushkali. When you say that like the case like we the Gemara is assuming the case that we had just discussed, when you have that fistful of coins and you say these are my shekel, Eushkali. 
Shkalim, 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 by the case of Shekel, since it's a fixed amount, Moshe and Chulin, what's left over is Chulin. Chatas, Ayideh, where there's no fixed amount, so then any leftover funds goes for Korbanot. So that proves like Ravivi. Now it's very strange because we assume we assumed when we read the Mishnah when he said what's the difference between a shekel and a chatos he was saying why is there a debate by the shekel and there's no debate by the chatos right and therefore we're talking about the case that you're collecting pennies why is there a debate by shekel and a chatos the difference of a fixed amount the Gemara assumed when he said why, what's the difference between shekel and chatos that he was assuming that by the a shekel case where both Beitel and Beit Shammai would agree what's left over is cooling. Right? Not why do they debate by Shekel? Why? He's assuming that everybody would agree they're both Chulin. What would be that scenario that everybody would agree? Ah! It must be the case we're describing with the fistful of coins. So you see, it proves that when there's a fistful of coins and there's left over, even Beit Shammai agrees. It's not a very big proof. The answer is obvious. So that's what the Kamar says. Ma avidla Reb Yossi b'shem Reb Eliezer. What does Reb Yossi and Reb Eliezer say? He says in the case when you have a fistful of coins, the leftover is, is Hektesh. So Pasel up in Machanis proof wrote Uchadeisilel. Yeah, Reb Shimon wasn't saying that everybody agrees. He was saying, why does Beis Hillel say by the shekel the leftover is chulin and by the chatas not? And here's the difference. But it's the case of collecting pennies. If you grab the fistful, yeah, then the leftover everybody would agree would be would be hectic. Okay, so you have this issue. Reb Shimon's distinction in the mission between a shekel and a chatas is not necessarily. Saying that Beit Shammai would agree in the Shekel case, but why did Beit Hillel lenient by the Shekel case? And the answer is the difference between a fixed amount and a not fixed amount. So the Mordechai says, "The Hatanina." In one minute, we have a following mission that we're going to see in a minute that says, "Most of Shkalim Chulim." Again, what's left over by a Shekel is Chulin, and again, the Gemara is assuming that that's b- agreed to by Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel. So where would be a case that Beit Shammai would agree what's left over is Chulin? Again, isn't this a proof that when you say Elu and you have a fistful of it, that Beit Shammai agrees that it's Chulin? No. Again, you know, again, not such a big question. Again, it's the case of the standard case of pennies and it's going like Beit Hillel. So yes, there's evidence in the Mishnayot that leftover money from a Shekel is Chulin. But that doesn't mean that that's the case when you grab the fistful and you said Elu and Beit Shammai agrees. It could be the standard scenario of collecting pennies and that it's according to the position of Beit Hillel. It's not a big Chiddush that the Mishnah assumes we're going like Beit Hillel. Okay. Uh, now, the verse is like this. Hamafrish, so that we're done with that debate about what's the case when, we're not actually, we're going to revisit it a little later, but anyway, about the case of the fistful, and now we're having another question. Hamafrish kalo, v'savashu chayav, v'nim sa'sha'eno chayav. You set aside your coin, and you say, this is my shekel, and you thought you obviously were obligated. Turns out you weren't obligated. Why not? I don't know. Your wife gave for you. Somebody, you know, somebody already gave your shekel for you. Turned out when you gave, you had totally forgotten, you know, that you gave yourself three months ago. And now what's the status of this? That would seem like a hectish toast case. You sanctified it. You didn't realize. So, lo kadash. Lokidesh. You didn't sanctify it. Presumably that's a liba to Beit Hillel. Could be Beit Shammai would disagree. Now, you put aside two. You thought that you hadn't paid last year's shekel. And you put aside two. One for this year, one for last year. And you say, these two are my, for my shekel. And it turned out that you did pay last year's shekel and you only have one. So it would seem it's the same issue. One is a toast and it shouldn't be cut up. In this case, what would be the status of the second one? Let's hear it from this. If you separated a chatos and you thought you were obligated to chatos and you weren't, lo kiksha, you didn't sanctify it, because that's again Beit Hillel, that hektish patos is not hektish. You set aside two chatoses, you sanctified them, and you thought you were chayev too. And it turns out you were less of a sinner than you thought, and you only chayev one. What's the halacha with the second one? It has to be that it would graze. Hachanami. So here too, meaning nobody would think in Machata's case that it would not be sanctified. Why? Now, why is not clear? Isn't it the exact same question? You know, somehow, the way we have the language of the Yerushalmi, it's quite interesting. You say, let me try to prove your case, and it doesn't bring a textual proof. It actually just brings like a self-evident. Isn't it self-evident if you had something parallel by a Chatos 
that the second animal would be sanctified. So if you admit to that, you would admit to this. Of course, why is it any more self-evident? So some, but it would be fascinating that they're trying to bring a proof from a svara scenario, you know, not just from a, not just from like, you know, a text. So some switch the gear sign. They take out the lines, you know, ma'at avile, and basically say that it's quoting a text. And the text says explicitly, hasheni roa. So that's, you know, it's not a slower point. It's like, look, we have a text that says by Chatos, the second one would grade. Now, what is the logic of the difference? So the Mepharshim just say that they, in that case, since the hectic is taking effect on one, maybe it's a case that Beitila would agree. Meaning, if I give a penny and I say, you know, this is hectic and, I, you know, this is a shekel, I don't realize that I already have my half shekel in there, that's a toast. But if I'm sanctifying two, I'm saying, you know, animals are two, two shaft shekels, not just one. And the Kedusha works for one, and the other is a mistake. Maybe since it's taking effect for one, even though I'm making a mistake, it takes effect for both. That seems to be the argument. Now, okay, so that would be the halacha here. If you did two shekels, and you were really only chayv one. Now, but if that's true, says the Gemara, one minute, we have a case when you're doing a lot of things at once, and there's a partial pose. That's the case of the fistful of coins. Right? Isn't that exactly the case of the fistful of coins where you say, this is my shekel, that it works for some of that money? And the question is, what's the status for the rest of the money? So that's exactly now what Yerushalmi says. If that's the case, says Yerushalmi, hachanami. So here too, elu in adaba. So, v'cha heich at omer elu. So here, it would be, this would sort of prove to you that when you said Elu, when you said these, and you had a whole fistful of them, that, that the leftover would not be Chulin. The leftover would be Linadava, would be Ekesh. Because once it takes effect for one, it takes effect for the rest, even though there's a post. Elu means Elu. Elu So how could you say before that in the case of Elu, the leftover money would be Chulin? Okay, so this ties back to that earlier debate. Would Beitil agree when you grab the fistful and you said Elu, would they agree that the leftover there would be Kadosh, even though there's a toast? Maybe it's different once the Hekdesh took effect on part of it. And that's like the case of setting aside two Shkalim. Okay, let's continue now. Reb Omer. Now, Reb Yehuda makes this point about how they, there would be periods in history where they would go higher than a half Shekel, but, they, but never lower. So, Darkonot are Dinrin. What are Darkonot? They're Dinrin. Now, they're not really, and I didn't have a chance to check if the gear Sa'od, but a dinare is actually a quarter of a shekel. But maybe it's some dinar that was, a, that, 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 that was in the time of the Yerushalmi that actually was a shekel and a half. We're going to find out that a Darkon is a shekel and a half. I don't know if they quote any there, any alternative texts or anything. Anyway, okay, that's Darkon. Now, Chazulishko um, Slaim, what are Slaim? Kishmoan. Like a Sela. You know what a Sela is, okay? So it's a Sela. Chazulishko Tivin, then they went down for a Sela is a full shekel. They went down to a, t- a t- Tivin, Palgi Slaim, that's a half Sela. Bikshulishko Dinarim, then they went to, wanted to go to Dinari. Kartin, those are what we would nowadays call a call Kartin. Darkona, nowadays we call Dinin. Dinin is what we would call Kartin. Anyway, Kartin is a quarter shekel. The low Kiblu Alehem, they refused to accept that. Min Hadah. Okay, so Loki Bali, and that they wouldn't do it. That's the word carrot. Maybe. Okay, yeah. Who didn't accept the people Yes, it's interesting. They did, right? Well, it's actually quite different. The Mishnah says the Loki Blue may hen. They wouldn't accept from them, which means the authorities wouldn't accept that that was sufficient. This, this here says the low key blue alehen, which means the people refuse to accept that. So it's interesting who's refusing. Okay. Yeah, who's, who's asking that? I would assume the people would rather give less. Right. Okay. So anyway, Mina Dot. Now, where do you get the idea that they initially gave a shekel and a half, uh, this dark home, from the following pasuk? So this is when they started to rebuild the base of Mikdash. We have to give them a year a third of a shekel. So how does a third of a shekel get you to a shekel and a half? So, first of all, I should point out that this Pasuk is the basis in the Bavli, where the Bavli says that e- even if somebody gives the, um, like, no tzedakah, minimally you, should get, you need to give a third of a shekel a year, based on this Pasuk. Like, that's a minimum tzedakah. That's an interesting transfer from the idea of shekel to the base of Mikdash to tzedakah requirements, which we're going to actually get to in a minute, in a somewhat of a similar parallel. Here, how does the third of a shekel get you to a shekel and a half? So it could be the Yushami is just reading it as a third, reading it as not as a third, but as three. And three half shekels is a shekel and a half. How do you read a third is a third? I don't know. Because it could have said shlish and it said shlishi. Others say that the shekel at the time of the bat of, of the of the um base of, of the of the beginning of the second base of Mikdash was three was was uh what would it be? I guess it would be 
four and a half shekels. So a third of it was a shekel and a half. Basically, it was a more expensive coin. So anyway, exactly how we get it is not so clear. Yes, Charlie. Yeah, Stankos quotes, quotes Ramam and saying a dart is a, a half shekel. A what? A darkon? And others disagree with him. All right, so I don't know what to do with that. Okay, so let's take a look now at the... Um, yeah, I'll just read you the one line. Um... Oh, uh, one minute. No, 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 no. Uh, oh, oh, no, no. Okay, no, I misstated it. Here's what, here's the interpretation. It says that it says a third of a shekel. Uh, here's the interpretation. It says a third of a shekel, but the assumption is they would never give less than what the Torah says, which is a half of a shekel. So we have to assume that that third of a shekel at that time was actually equivalent to a biblical half shekel. Fine, that only gets you a half shekel. How do you know it gets you to a shekel and a half? So that's the next line of the Gemara that we're going to say that they actually collected this not once, but three times. So let's take a look. So it says, um, uh, Here you see you have to give your shekel three times in a year. Now, does that mean, what does that mean? I mean, so what does it mean, mikan? But the assumption being anyway that then they made that third of a shekel donation, somehow we're learning out that they made the third of a shekel, they made it three times, and that that shekel was worth a shekel and a half. So somehow we get from this the idea that they initially gave a shekel and a half. Uh, no, so it says the full amount of the third shekel, which the claim is is equal to a half shekel, was three times. So three times a half is one and a half. So that's the initial giving was one and a half. But anyway, but we're also transferring it into an argument about how you give your general donation to to to, to zuck or to or to or to a shul or whatnot. And it seems like part of the point is like split your donations over multiple times of a year. It's like the Rambam says by the Mishnah in Pirkei Avos. The, the one of the cryptic Mishnahs in Pirkei Avos says Hakol Lufi Hamas Evelo Lufi Rov Hamas Lufi Godel Hamas. What is it? Hakol Lufi Rov Hamas Evelo Lufi Godel Hamas. Anyway, the way the Raman explains it is he says it means that it's better to give a thousand times a dollar to tzedakah than write one one thousand dollar check to tzedakah because it inculcates much more the trait of giving and of charity and you know and of kind of generosity and so on. So anyway, that's a way to read this as well. You know, spread out your donations um, over uh, you know over the times. So then the Gemara also says. Um, here's another way of looking at it don't make more than three appeals during the year okay. <laughs> how many shows pay attention to that one I'd like to know alright now this idea of three again in the in the in the puzzle of the third but there's a whole three theme going on by the shekel anyway we're going to see in a later mission that the baskets they use to collect from the shofars they use three baskets to collect each basket would hold three seim okay and they would take and they would take and they would take three three times they would remove the money from the shofar so basically Basically, we're going to see in a later Mishnah that there's a whole major theme of three going around by the Shekel. So he says it comes from this Pasuk. So in this Pasuk we learn, now again, okay, so, so this Pasuk we learn whole themes of three by Shekel. We learn also that they would give, somehow we learn they would give a Shekel and a half. And maybe we also learn something in terms of practically spreading out your tzedakah or about the show not making demands too many times during the year and so on. Let's finish this up. Steve, they knew. Um, this is what you should give whoever gets counted now we're a little drusha why is it since we're talking about the amount why is it that they gave a half shekel what's the symbolic significance of the half shekel the sin was that in the middle of the day, right? Because the pasuk is right? Moshe hesitated, and the drush is It was six hours into the day. No, they all agreed to that. I understand, but anyway, the chet was at noon, according to Chazal, and therefore you give a half of a shekel, half a day. Now, of course, chronologically in the Torah, the mitzvah of giving the half shekel in Kitisa comes before the chet ha'egel. Okay, but if you Rashi sort of understands that it's out of order and the Chet HaEgel happens first. All of these rush out here assume that the Chet shekel. maybe you could say God commanded it knowing there would be a Chet HaEgel that raises other questions. Anyway, it all understands that even though the Torah appears before Chet HaEgel it was seen as a Tikkun for the Chet HaEgel. Just one second, let's just finish to the end here. So, um, so, 
Because a half of a shekel is worth six garmesim, which was some other type of a coin. So it's the same idea, except rather than emphasizing half, it emphasizes six. Some of the Mephoshim say the difference of this is, is that as we've seen, you can go higher in what you give for the half shekel. So according to the first approach, you would always try to do a half of some coin. Even if you were going to change the amount to go up, you would want the symbolism of a half. And according to the other approach, you want the symbolism of six. So even if you change the money and go up, you want it to be six of some type of a smaller coin. Doug, what were you going to say? It's very tenuous. Right. Right. It's a very good point. You know. Now it was also for there was a shekel that was for the for, for the sockets, which was for the building of the base of Mikdash, which you know was also the true in the Baishani, Presumably that's why they were collecting more. But the general shekel was for the korbanot and you know and korba, the, the, the korban sibur so korban sibur could be seen as much more sin related although it is true that the daily korban sibur was an ola and the musaf was primarily an ola chatas was a small piece of that um, but you are right why it's sort of underscoring the sin part of it and the egos you know is a very good question let's finish with the symbolisms I get to the end okay Rabbi Yeshua Be Rabbi Nechemia B'Shem Rabbi Yochum and Zakai Right, it was half of a shekel. A shekel was esrim geira. So he says this would be ten geira, ten geira for the asheres adibros. So you thought they were just over on avodah zara? No, I mean the whole luchos were broken. So you have to repair that. Rebrachia, Rabbi Levi, b'shem Reb Shimon Lachish, l'visha machu b'choreshel Rochel, the esrim kesef. This is sort of like what we read in Eila Eskara. Like, oh my God, we're still paying back for the sin of selling of selling Yosef. So it says they sold Yosef for esrim kesef. Okay, now esrim kesef. A shekel is is um, is um, is uh, right? No, 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 no. I know that. But a shekel is for uh, what do you call it? Uh, for zuz? Is it for zuz? Um, uh, I'm sorry, no, four dinars, four dinarim, right, right, because a dinar is a quarter of a shekel, four dinars, so it assumes that the esrin kesef is esrin dinar, okay, so if it's esrin dinar, so, and, and four dinar to a shekel, so that's five shekel, okay, you, you, you all with yeah. me, mm-hmm. esrin kesef is if it's four dinar, then it's five shekel, so we're no longer on the machis shekel. What's the pigeon of the bechor? Five shekel, right? And what? So esrin kesef of Yosef, if it's if it's esrin dinar, it's five shekel. They sold Yaakov's bechor, well, that's Yaakov Rachel's bechor, with for for five shekel. So we do pigeon bechor for five shekel. Okay, but Pinchas b'shem Reb Levi l'fishamachu b'chorish arachah b'esrin kesef v'novu kol echad echamim tivah. How much did every brother get? How many brothers were in on the deal? Ten, not binyamin. So if you get twenty kesef, that's two kesef per brother. A kesef is a dinar, two dinar per brother. We said two dinar is a half shekel. Okay, a dinar is what the Gemara called before shiv in. I mean, Ruben wasn't in on it. Uh, all right, but in the end, he took he took part. He, they divided the money with him as well. So anyway, everybody got uh, you, you. You missed that part of the story, okay? <laughs> anyway, so everybody got a half shekel out of the deal. If they got five shekel for it, they divide by ten. Everybody got a half shekel. Oh, therefore we all give our half shekel and to be to be bechaper for this original sin. Yeah, but yes, then, people, then the, the yeah. owners and tribe yosef shouldn't have to give. All right. Yes. Um, regarding how often you collect stock, the kupa yeah. was collected and distributed every week. Right. 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 No. Uh, that's true. So what it means, be matel al hatzibur. Yeah. It'd be interesting to know. Maybe it meant for temples, for, for like for 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 shul, You know, for support for shul. I don't know exactly how they assume that. Was that. But you're right. Obviously, there were do- daily donations to the poor. Yeah, but maybe this is maybe not tzedakah related as much as it's sort of you know mikdash related or, yeah. or okay. So we'll end here. I don't know what we're going to do. We're already a full half stop behind, but we will stop here. <laughs>